When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nation Network podcast. I'm Chase. I'm here with my co-host James, and we are going to talk about the second consecutive uh, first round play and loss for the 10 seed Charlotte Hornets, this time to the Atlanta Hawks. Somewhat in similar fashion to last year, though uh, I think it took slow. Uh, the death came a little bit slower than it did last year, which I guess was better, but James, uh, how you doing right now? I'm doing fine. I really am. I, I know everyone's going to be freaking out. Uh, good news. I mean, we're recording just as the game is finishing here. There's two minutes left, and the Hornets are tied with their season low right now. So this is the new real game that I care about. Screw the play-in. It's can we avoid our season low in the biggest game of the year? But, um, yeah, look, the, the first quarter started fine. Um, we kind of even ended the second half okay, and then in the third and fourth just completely fell apart. And um, look, the, the Hornets were five, six-point underdogs coming into this. No one expected them to necessarily win. They were always up against it. But I think it's just the manner of the defeats. In last year against Indiana, this year against Atlanta, like you just want to be in a close, meaningful game. And this just became, you know, game over halfway through the third quarter. Um and I think that's what a lot of people are getting frustrated about. I, I'm very much taking a big picture point of view. Like this one game does not supersede the last 15 games where Hornets are 11 and four. Um, Atlanta have played well tonight. Charlotte have played horribly. We'll get into some of the points about what went wrong. Um, but yeah, kind of what, what are any of your thoughts or takeaways from tonight's game? I think uh, like the biggest reason that this happened is like yet again the the best players on the team just didn't really play well. Uh, I mean, one, again, one of them isn't playing at all. Uh, Mello and Terry at the time right now are shooting 14 of 43 from the field uh, with five for 19 from three. Um, those numbers are both very bad. Uh, that's not going to win you any sort of game. Like, I, I, it doesn't even matter how good of defense that they could have played if, if they were going to limit the Hawks to, you know, what a hundred, whatever points, like 
they still wouldn't have won this game if those guys, you know, weren't were gonna not make shots and stuff. Which you know, I'm not you can't really blame them for. It's just not, you know, you, you it's not your night every night. And some one of these days it'll it'll turn around and the Hornets will eventually, you know, put it together in a in a playoffs run or playing game or whatever. But they are still one of the youngest teams in the league, so. But yeah, when a guy you like can Terry, certainly tell that tonight. I mean, like, yeah, God. exactly. Like so when a guy like Terry doesn't play. have it going. Yeah, sir. And that there's so many like weird turnovers and like just falling asleep on defense. When a guy like Terry doesn't have it going, <clears throat> there's just not much to fall back on because Lamelo played. I mean, or I guess he. I should say he shot somewhat okay uh, in the second half, but by then the game was kind of out of reach. Terry had a good stretch himself. Uh, to start the third, I think he had like seven straight points in probably two or three minutes. But I mean, that that was pretty much it. Was that run yeah. they made at the beginning of the third quarter, and then I think Atlanta has, ended up outscoring the Hornets uh, forty-two to twenty-four in the third anyway. So that, that run got you know counteracted pretty quickly, and uh, by then they were in too big of a hole. So you know. Yeah, it's, I, it's just unfortunate. I I I'm, I agree with you though that I I I did like a bit of a, a sad uh, intro, but I, I'm not like super bummed out about it. It's just uh, it's just unfortunate. Like you'd rather it, it, a loss would wouldn't be bad, but you'd rather it just not be by, you know, yeah. almost. And, I, and the thing is, and people need to remember, like you just can't make a decision on your constructing your roster from two playing games. And I, I know yeah. they are the important games because the knockout games, but. If you're making your roster decisions from your your two playing games compared to what the eighty two plus seventy two games in the last two seasons, it's just not just not it's just not a good process to have. I mean, Terrozier was terrible tonight offensively, especially at the start. He was getting all the shots he normally takes. They just weren't going in. Like he it wasn't mm-hmm. he wasn't doing anything stupid in the first half. The second half it got a bit wild and crazy, but he was taking his threes, he was getting into his mid-range and he couldn't get it. Lamella Ball, same thing. He was taking his floaters, the floaters he normally hits. They were not going in. You know, he then started settling more from three and he, he's, he's, you know, shot a few tonight, but what is he, four for 14 from three in the end? Um, they're take, They're not doing anything wrong. The shots just weren't going in. From an offensive point of view, this is. Um, defensively is where, I, you know, I really have the concern. I mean... There were so many mistakes tonight. And these are like, if you made this mistake once in a playoff series, it would be like shared around the internet. And the Hornets made about five in the first half. I mean, complete miscommunication for Gallinari to have an uncontested dunk. Danilo Gallinari, like the guy who just, you know, one of the least athletic guys in the league, just going straight down the lane, dunking it. Mello picking up that second foul early, just like bonkers. What are you doing? He then went too early at the end of the first half, leaving time for Trey Young to get that. And Mello's done that before. How many careless turnovers where they've been standing next to someone and they've passed it to their shins or their feet and it's just gone out of bounds? Like, and so those are just role plays that bounced off of the role man's feet tonight, like yeah. un- an unbelievable amount. Absolutely. You know, even like Melo missing two free throws. I mean, that's just unfortunate, but there's, there's so many things like any one of those things happening in an elimination playoff game is unacceptable. And for them to just happen frequently, uh, it's just, this team isn't going to go in it. And I'm sorry, everyone's saying the Hornets need a big man. Big man is not fixing these issues. Unless a big man can cover the whole court in transition, defend without fouling anybody. By the way, the Hornets put the Hawks into 
the bonus with three minutes in the first to go and six minutes in the third to go, which then just Trey Young just drawing lots of fouls everywhere. Um, another just horrendous error that you just can't make. And yeah, you need a big man that can defend in transition, that can protect the rim, can also rebound and box out to the elite level, defend without fouling, defend, defend in space, and also communicate everyone so that everyone knows where they can be. There's like two big men in the NBA who can actually do all those things. The horn hits. You could put Miles Turner on this team. This team is not going to be a good defensive team because there are structural issues with the personnel. And it's not that they don't have the tools, but it's just the experience. And I think that's what's really come out tonight. Like they just seemed so naive. You know, they started losing, they're picking up technical fouls, they're, they're bitching, the moaning. It's it's like watching a junior team when they start to lose and they just start to get ragged and throw it away. And that's what I got frustrated at. It's that they, they weren't keeping the faith, you know, the, the structure of the game just completely went when they went down. And Borrego talked about the get togetherness and staying positive. And I didn't feel the team did that in that third quarter. And I know it's hard when the game's slipping away from you, um, but just so frustrating. Yeah, no, and I thought like even at the beginning, it didn't really seem like there were they were like ready. Like they were like, oh, like they were like sleepwalking. Not like actually, but there were so many plays on defense where some guy somebody was just facing the completely wrong direction and someone would back cut on them. Like there was one where uh Lamello and Cody Martin did a really good job trapping Trey Young up top. He made one pass to I think it was Delon Wright. And then DeLon Wright just kicked it over to Kevin Herter, who was standing wide open because Kelly Oubre was standing with his back to Herter, uh, like watching DeLon Wright. And it was just like, ugh, like if that one thing at the end was correct, the whole possession would have looked really good. And it would have, I mean, maybe Herter would have made a contested three or whatever, but you would just be like, all right, whatever, we'll go on to the next one. When it's wide open, the crowd goes nuts because you're going up by nine after being up by six, after being up by three, like it just adds up and the crowd builds. And that, that definitely doesn't help too, is the Hornets are a young team and the crowd uh, getting behind, especially because the Hawks have so many players that like feed off of that, like Bogdanovich and Trey Young and like Herter and all those guys feed off of crowd energy. So for some reason, a series of unfortunate events. For some reason, whenever anyone drives into the lane, after that moment, the Hornets just don't ever rotate. The defense stops, yeah. <laughs> Everyone collapses because yeah. the whole ethos is protect the rim at all costs, which I get. Yeah. And then and then the person who drives in passes out and literally five Hornets stand in the paint going, oh, God, which one of these shooters is going <laughs> to take this shot? Like, they all just stand there and watch. Um, Just, just before we go off, because this isn't going to be a long podcast for us, you know, People aren't going to be in the right frame. So so I want to touch on a few positives because there were some. Cody Martin had a great impact in the first uh, half, guarding Trey Young and just generally defensively making his presence felt and the the team made a good run. Montrezl Harrell, you know, did exactly what the team brought him in to do tonight, was physical, um, was scoring inside, was a present, had a great block in Trey Young. I thought Jalen McDaniels, um, Mm -hmm. he picked up a silly charge, but hit two threes. And actually I, I thought, he, for me, made probably the best consistent weak side defensive plays. I've got it written here that he made a great rotate on the weak side onto Capella to box him out from a, a rebound. 
He switched on to Trey Young, did really well. He helped on a Bogdan drive when he was driving on Isaiah Thomas to kind of help on the mismatch. And also he, he completely cut off for her to drive as well. I thought Jalen McDaniels tonight, considering how much he struggled kind of before that Miami game, I think he can come out this game with his head held high. I thought he was really good, you know, going into the offseason. You now kind of think Jalen McDaniels or Kelly Oubre, who would you rather have? Take all contracts and everything off the table? Like you watch that essentially a playoff game tonight and it's pretty clear who this Hornets team especially uh, value more. So shout out to Jalen McDaniels for in, in a malaise of disappointment for Bridges, uh, Terry, Lamello, who all had probably D minus or below games. Maybe that's a little harsh on Lamello. Like Lamello did some better things and he hit some shots and he did get the ball moving at times, but it may be a C minus for Lamello. Um, but yeah, shout out to Jalen McDaniels. Yeah, I thought Jalen McDaniels was really good tonight. And uh, I, w- I mean, to answer your question, I think Jalen McDaniels played 26 minutes and Kelly Oubre played 16 minutes. So I think that that kind of answers the question that you posed right there, at least in terms of, you know, how James Borrego looks at it. And that was something that we kind of talked about on our last episode and on the article that I wrote on the website was that like if Oubre doesn't come out and make some threes and that is coupled with like a bad defensive mistake or two, like he probably won't play very much at all after that. And he kind of didn't, I think he only had eight minutes up until the game was like pretty much completely out of hand. So that kind of thing, it's just like pretty, pretty much everything that uh, like needed to go right for the Hornets really didn't uh, except for like Jalen McDaniels played well. Uh, PJ was really good in the first half. Uh, PJ was kind of the reason that this game was within single digits yeah. at halftime. Like ap- apart from him, uh, like he had a couple of big threes. Uh, I think he had a uh, that he had that nice dunker uh, run or finish around the basket. Uh, like that, this, it probably would have been over a lot quicker if he didn't have a some of those timely plays that he made right there. But so there, there were you know there wasn't entirely negative. Uh, but they, they, I mean, they still they ended up losing by. 20 or 29 yeah. points by uh, the way so, M- mason Plumley tonight 11 minutes i mean if, yeah. if that if that doesn't tell you that james borrego does not think that mason Plumley can you know he just can't play playoff basketball he's come he got benched tonight essentially for they played miles bridges well pj washington at the five for long periods um montres harold did better but like mason Plumley just did not even touch the floor in the second half um I just can't see him being – I guess I can see him being on the roster maybe as a backup, but I don't see a world where what, – what would you say the percentage chances he's the starting centre on opening night next year? Less, uh, than, like ve- less than 20%? Yeah, definitely. I was going to – like very, very slim. Like, I mean, maybe uh, like 20 to 25 would be like the absolute maximum, especially just because, I mean – for one, Kai Jones looks pretty good at the end of the year, so there's there's that. Uh, and then two, it's I mean clearly Montrez Harrell would probably be a preference both from the front office and coaching and just like a general fan team building like perspective. I think he would probably be the the preference out of the two. Uh, it, it would it would be it would shock me if he was the starting center uh, next year, just because I mean he wouldn't even be this like not even like unplayable basically if he could make free throws. Yeah. Like if and he Brady was not, 
Yeah, if he was a sixty percent free throw shooter, it'd be completely fine. Like that, he like, but he well, maybe he maybe not completely fine, but I mean, not, but like <laughs> you know, you, but like he would be able to play. Like he he wouldn't have had to only play eleven minutes tonight. Like he could play because I didn't think he was like that bad defensively, um, or or I mean, he just couldn't. He, you just can't put him out there because they they'll either foul him and then or he just won't shoot layups like he'll just pass out of all of them because he's afraid to get fouled and when you're already down which the Hornets kind of were at the beginning of the game you can't have players like that in you have players you need players that are going to be aggressive like Montrose Harrell yeah and that, I mean, that's he, the thing he was and he did pretty well at that they, they got down big and they're not you know they're just not gonna come back into a game when they're down by 15 points with Mason Plum in the game normally but I, I actually no. thought they started the game pretty well on Trey like they were. They did. Yeah, they, they played really good defense on him in the first half. They he did. Was three for thirteen at halftime. The Hawks adjusted, right? Yes. The Hawks knew what was coming. It, it worked early on, and all of a sudden, you know, Charlotte, Atlanta weren't getting late in the clock. Uh, they stopped getting all the open threes, but and every time it seemed like every time they missed the three, you know what happened? Offensive rebound. <laughs> Every single time, you're like, oh, they've missed one. And then DeAndre Hunter would come in. Clint Capel would come in. And you just sigh again because, like, this team just can't help itself. That even when they get a stop, they just kick themselves by not being able to rebound the ball because their big is up on the perimeter trying to corral someone. Even though they've got four people waiting in the paint, standing around watching shooters, they still can't get a rebound. Um, you know, the, we know the, all the issues that happened tonight defensively are are issues that we are well known. No one should be surprised about that. The offense not firing, you know, is, is the thing that was a worry tonight. Terry's here. I mean, he's finished 21 points, but let's be honest, he was, he's minus 29. Bridges is minus 30 for the game. And both, you know, Terry's has got some garbage point, garbage points at the end. They, they've not played well tonight. And that's concerning when your best players are probably Montrose Harrell and Jalen McDaniels. <laughs> For the night and and probably mm-hmm. Lamella ball, I, I'd say Lamella and pe- like it's just not what you want from your your core guys. And Miles Bridges going to the summer wanting to get paid, um, not a great not a great lasting impression. And the frustrating thing is all the national people who watch three Hornets games a year. This will be the last yes, that, taste. Yes. This will be the last taste in their mouth. And everyone will now talk about <sighs> how the Hornets can't compete when the going gets tough. Because look at the Indiana game and look at the Atlanta game. And you know what? They're absolutely right there's no evidence to say that they can and until they do the Hornets are going to have to deal with that doubt um I don't think the Hornets players or coaches will care about that but I think it'll be no one's going to take them seriously now until they prove it um and they had an opportunity to to change that narrative tonight and they they haven't taken it which is a shame um so I mean a, a couple of just mo- moments I thought the the train uh, blocking the Hornets getting in was a fascinating subplot to the game. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty funny. I thought that that was definitely going to swing the the momentum in their favor. That seemed like something that was like, <laughs> oh, that happens. You you go like bet twenty dollars on the Hornets or something like that. But yeah, clearly as, as, clearly that did not work. As soon as I saw the Hornets were in the throwback unis, I knew something was going to go wrong. I don't know why they wore those for the playing game. Uh, the Ubre dunk, which he missed, which was wide open. And flew flew back out. I was like, just great. That sums it up. And then when um Delon Wright hit that, you go under on the screen against Delon Wright, and he just pulls up and hits a three. Like, and I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be another one of those nights. Um, 
Yeah. So, I have you got have you got anything more on this on this Hawks game? I mean, we'll probably do another pod at some point because we don't just that we're not you know we've got a little bit more time to digest this and I don't want this to be our last pod for at the hive. Big <laughs> <Eagle> old <laughs> sad. So yeah, the, we, we yeah, might have right. to do something else, just something to cap it off the year. So maybe end of year awards or something like that. But um, and anything yeah. else to round out this this play in recap? Oh. I don't even, I don't think so. Cause like, I feel like we are, I feel like we already fleshed out all of our negative thoughts and I don't, I, I, I'm true. I'm truly not uh, like emotionally bothered by this anymore. No. Like uh, I, it's, it's, it, I was more the, hurt now, last year. I, I don't right, know why. No, that, that I don't know why. That Cause I don't, yeah, me neither. I don't know why. Cause the, cause we literally just made a podcast being like, we really think that they can win this one. But like it doesn't it doesn't hurt me as bad. But last I think last year because it was like way more like genuinely embarrassing. Whereas I feel it like was. tonight they just kind of got outplayed down after a while. Like by they, a did, they did the Hawks Haw- right. By, the that's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the this Hawks like they have Trey Young, you know, and like they have you know Clint Capella is the exact type of big man that causes problems for the we said he'd be a factor we, we were right we did, yeah we did he finished and, with and 15.17 I, rebounds three blocks yep and i i think uh what i wrote about was like the what they the perfect scenario for winning this game is if trey young shoots poorly again which he did because they played good defense on him he was eight for 24 20 he, i mean he scored 24 points but he took 24 shots to do that he had 11 assists uh, and then they can they could have let Capella had a good game, which he did, fifteen and seventeen, six for nine. But their shooters made everything. Like Gallinari, two for five from three. Hunter, two for three. Kevin Herter, three for four. Bogdan Bondanovich, three for seven. Like none none of those guys had a bad night. So it, it, it they that was just kind of you know you were doomed from no matter what if if that's going to happen. But you know. You move, you move on because there, there, there were, you know, they, the Hornets still went 43, 39. I, I mean, I don't know if 43 and 40, I guess, if you want to count the, uh, the postseason loss into their yeah. uh, season long record, but that's still good. So yeah. whatever, I'll take it. Well, we will be back with one more podcast before the end of the year. Uh, thanks for the ride so far this season. Sorry, it didn't end better. And that'll be it for our kind of play in uh, recap where uh, stay positive Hornets fans. It's not all bad. Yes. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll speak to you next time for one last time. Thanks, guys.